The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and do not be afraid. When the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. If we are going to enter into some great endeavor, there has to be a time of preparation, and more importantly, a time of encouragement. The person in charge, the leader, has to spend some time encouraging those who are about to enter into this project. Helping them understand its importance and what the outcome is intended to be. This is particularly important if the endeavor at hand is one that requires great effort and perhaps great suffering. Today's gospel is such a gospel. We hear this gospel every year on the second Sunday of Lent, the gospel of the transfiguration. And some things must be said about it every year that are the same. Our Lord takes the three, these three, Peter, James, and John. He singles them out more than once. And the last time will be in the agony in the garden, too. Peter, the head of the church, James, the first martyr, and John, who will live the longest and is the youngest. He takes them up on a high mountain. In Scripture, of course, Old Testament and New, a mountain suggests a theophany, the coming of God, in a unique way, whether it be Mount Sinai, 
the Mount of Transfiguration. He's transfigured before them. We don't know exactly what this means, except the evangelists describe it in their own way. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. This, as we know, must have been the way he would have normally looked if he hadn't restrained himself. After all, you can't put divinity inside humanity without it becoming visible. You can't put a candle inside of an alabaster jar without the light showing. So our Lord must have restrained his divinity, but now he's going to let them see him as he really is. His divinity will become, as so to speak, visible in his humanity. And then Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets. Here again, two people with mysterious deaths. Elijah was taken up in a chariot. Moses, Moses died, but the scriptures tell us that no one knows the grave of Moses to this day. They're conversing with him about what? About his death in Jerusalem. The law and the prophets, he will fulfill both of them through his own suffering and death. This is meant to encourage Peter, James, and John, so that when the moment comes, they will be prepared for it. They will know that this was what was meant to be, that they are part of this event. This is what redemption is. This is divine love. But Peter naturally wants to stay. Don't we all? Wouldn't you? I would. He wants to remain. He doesn't want to come down from that mountain. He doesn't want to face what's at the bottom of the mountain, much less what he will have to face on another one that he doesn't understand yet. So he wants to stay, and he said... Lord, it is good for us to be here. Furthermore, he will pitch three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. We can all stay, Moses and Elijah as well. But then comes the, the real vision, the cloud. And the cloud, of course, means that God is going to come and God is going to speak. Remember once again, we are dealing with the Lamb of God. I keep, that's the theme for the year, obviously, since Advent. The Lamb of God, first of all, takes human flesh. The Lamb of God becomes visible. The Lamb of God takes upon himself all human sin. Last week, he took upon himself all human temptation. Today, the Lamb of God becomes visible, and now the, the God, the Father, will announce him once again to these disciples. The cloud comes, and the Lord, and the voice comes, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. You are not to speak, you are to listen. You are not to suggest, you are to obey out of love. You are here to see something. You are here to be strengthened. And then we are told the disciples fell prostrate. They were overwhelmed by the experience of God, naturally. And they were terrified. They were frightened of what they've experienced. It seems sometimes there's no other way to get to people than by to frighten them. And that's particularly true with the apostles. There has to be something dramatic to get their attention because they always have their own ideas about what Jesus is supposed to be doing. But But Jesus came and touched them saying, rise, do not be afraid. Again, our Lord's words, the words in the boat over and over again, do not be afraid. And we're told that The disciples raised their eyes. They saw no one else but Jesus alone. No one else but Jesus. Only Jesus. The vision is gone. They've had their moment. 
what will they do with it? Well, they must now come down from that mountain where they would like to have stayed. They will come down from that mountain and they will experience uh, a great deal of human suffering. In fact, the moment they get down to the bottom of the mountain, there will be a man there with a son who needs to be cured. They have to go to another mountain, the mountain of Calvary, before they really experience the meaning of this vision. Well, so they are encouraged, but they still don't understand. Because when the moment comes, first of all, they will sleep, they will not pray, they will all desert him, and Peter will deny him. But with the coming of the Holy Spirit, they will then have the strength to fulfill what they have witnessed here with the resurrection. Well, for you and for me, what does this mean? Well, you and I have to experience this too. And we do through the eyes of faith. That's why we're here. We have come to the mountain. Wherever we are, whatever Mass is celebrated, we are on that mountain. The Lord is becoming visible to us, visible to us in his flesh and blood. He comes to us in this beautiful way to prepare us, first of all, uh, for to deal with the issues in our own lives, in our own world, and then to prepare us for his final coming. The disciples didn't understand what it meant for Jesus to rise from the dead. You and I do. We actually, again, not only know, we see it and we receive that event, that great mystery. So, today, having heard this gospel we realize that we are meant to be transformed by it. We are meant to be strengthened by it for whatever is to come. It's so easy when we hear this, when we leave here, to wander off into our daily lives and forget what we've heard. Life goes on as usual. Life must never go on as usual. Never meant to. So if we keep our eyes on this vision, we keep our eyes on the coming of the Lord, we must then become visible signs of what we have seen and experienced. But right now, we must keep our eyes on the crucifix and never look back, but keep moving forward into the great mystery of that event, into the call of God to heroism and the call of God to be what we can never otherwise become on our own, for which the Lord can make us. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come to you rejoicing in the vision of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, that her members will always be visible signs of the presence of Jesus Christ coming to them, especially the Church suffering, we pray to the Lord. Lord For all nations of the world, especially our own, that they will hear the call to repentance and respond in faith, we pray to the Lord. Lord For those who are sick and suffering and dying, that in their suffering they may know they are united to the Lord in his. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have rejected faith and grace, we pray to the Lord. Lord For a greater respect for human life, we pray to the Lord. For an increase in vocations to priesthood of the consecrated life, those young men and women who will respond to the vision that they have been given, for a greater reverence for the call and heroism in marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, 
for our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, having spent time in the presence of the Lord, having seen him and experienced him, they may then be visible signs of that and call all people to him, particularly in difficult times. We pray to the Lord. Lord For all those suffering from illnesses, for those who may be suffering from the coronavirus, that they will be healed and that we will be preserved. We pray to the Lord. Lord for the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. Amen. May they rest in peace. Amen. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, as we have come here, as we have come to this mountain to experience the presence of the Lord, we may then leave transformed in his own image, we pray to the Lord. We now join our prayers to those of the sorrowful mother and the refuge of sinners as we sing. (laughs) 